Welcome to the Canacook Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacook Podcast. My name is Bethane Lampley, and I'm joined today by my teammate, my friend, and our host, Joe White. Thank you, Bethann, and I'm joined by two of my favorite human beings on planet Earth, both two very dear friends to me, to my benefit, more than theirs. But today, we hope that everybody listening to our podcast, that your heart will be warmed, especially those listening, either men, women, young boys, girls, uh, that have had a difficult time growing up with your father. And maybe your father was absent. Maybe your father was harsh. Or maybe your father just didn't know how to give love to his children. But wherever you are out there and whatever kind of uh, father hurt that you have had in your life, we hope today, and by the grace of God through our prayers, we hope today that what we share today will help fill a void in your heart and help clear out some of the old baggage and bring Christ into that place and maybe heal some of those old wounds on your heart. Well, our guests today are Keith Chancy, and as you probably know, if you've been around Kennecuck, Keith is the most electrifying person that any of us know, and I know Keith on the set and off the set. I know him day and night, summer and winter, and I'm telling you, whenever you see Keith, it's the real deal. He's that way all the time. His enthusiasm is very sincere. He runs our K-7 camps in the summertime very, very well, along with his uh, Butch Casting the Sundance kid, Chad Hampsh. They run it together, and boy, do they run a great show. Uh, and then in the wintertime, Keith uh, directs, along with Chad, uh, the Canacuck Institute. Our other guest today is, you know, I don't know, I guess as close to a son to me without the adoption papers as a young man can get. And his name is Nathan Brown. We're going to tell Nathan's story in a minute. Um, he has a remarkable, remarkable story to tell. So, Keith, you are so loved by all of everyone in the, the K-Land. You are, as Joe said, so contagious. You have the most warm and genuine smile. You are who you are, no matter where you're at, mm. um, which I absolutely love. And so Joe and I think there are kind of three things um, that stand out for you. Uh, your unquenchable energy, right? Yeah. Uh, your love for the word of God. You've devoted your life to it. And then just your heart for people, for kids, for teenagers. And you've you've given really your whole professional life to the developing of, of next generation Christian leaders. Tell us just a little bit about that. You know, when I when I hear that, I just go, gosh, to hear these very nice things said about me, it's overwhelming because I know where I come from. You know, just uh, being raised in the Chansey family, um, I was born under D.C. and Betty Chansey. My dad was a two-time All-American football player, uh, ended up playing at SMU, and he was known as the greatest athlete in the area. Uh, and my mom was the Kool-Aid mom. She blessed everybody. And so growing up, in the first probably nine years of my life, people would have probably said, my family is the greatest family ever. And But what they didn't understand is what looks like on the inside of a home is not the same thing as what's on the outside of a home. There was a lot of pain in my home. 
My dad had struggled with a lot of things, and uh, part of that culture and generational thing that he grew up in was drinking was very, it was okay, and, and but his never stayed just social. It became very uh, difficult. My dad became a full-blown alcoholic, and there was a lot of abuse in my home that really became very difficult. Well, long story short, that's how I grew up. And in that, there was a lot of a pain. Uh, my dad, there was uh, verbal and all these kind of things that were called abusive. And But I didn't really understand that. I saw the way, that's the way families were, you know. And, and then there was, a, uh, my dad abandoned us. And he left me at the age of nine years old. I didn't see my dad again for close to 40 years. And so my dad's gone. And then uh, I was raised by a single mom. Uh, and so I understand a little bit about that. But in that, there was a lot of father wounds. And that father wounds was really hurtful for me because I was trying to fill it, fill it in all the wrong places and things because I believed that I could find happiness somewhere. And I searched it for it in a lot of places outside of Christ. Wow. It's so um, just interesting to hear you talk about that because I've, I've never, as you've told the story, I've heard it, you know, many times, yeah. you've never complained yeah. about the circumstances. You know, I mean, you were, like you said, growing up without a dad, mm -hmm. you started helping your mom pay the monthly bills yeah. at a very young age. You were, you know, throwing newspapers yeah. on a route. And um, how did that, how did that maybe affect you and even push you into what you're doing now as you try to raise up a generation um, to be totally different than yeah. how you grew up? You know, that is a, uh, as I was growing up, I knew I loved my mama. And being a mama's boy, you're going to do everything you can to protect her. And so I saw the, the pain that was caused by my dad and, and him leaving. And I said, whatever I can do, I will help. And so at 11 years old, I started throwing the Dallas Morning News. And, you know, 3.30 in the morning was not too early. And because it's what you did to protect your family and, and to do whatever it could to be a part of that family. And so as I was just growing up, uh, I look at that as a, I was thankful for the privilege of being able to get up and to go do those papers and then to collect and then to play all the sports because I had a mama who loved me. And, you know, one of the things that we're all looking for is we're looking for that love. And either you find it in the right places or the wrong places. And for me, uh, Bethany, the, the hardest thing for me was I was blaming God for my circumstances. And so in that, all the way up through junior high and high school, I was angry at God for what I thought God did. And I think that's the number one thing that I look at as a, as a child that didn't have a father. I was blaming the father for my problems. And blame is a big, is, it's a bad thing. Because when you start blaming, you don't assume personal responsibility. What I needed to do is assume personal responsibility for my life and quit blaming my dad for my life because I could make something more of my life if I just chose that. But I wasn't choosing that. And one day a coach uh, ended up leading me to Christ and he said, Chancey, why are you so mad at God? Well, in that, uh, being mad at God, I said, I'm not mad at God. He said, yes, you are. You play sports angry. You play life angry. And so everything about you is angry. And I didn't really realize that. He saw through me. And that day I, I said, well, then talk to me. And he said, Chancey, you need to know Jesus and you need to know the forgiveness of Christ and you need to be redeemed and you need to be forgiven and you need to forgive yourself. And I went, oh, my gosh. And then he told me why. He said, you're blaming God for something God did not do. God gave man a free choice to sin. 
your dad sinned, but God redeemed. You need to quit blaming God for what the devil has always been an advocate against you guys. And he said, you need to accept this Jesus as your personal savior because he's the only one that can forgive your dad and you and that can set your life on the right path. Well, you know what? I did. And that day I gave my life to Christ. And I realized that happiness came from what Christ did for me. And I need to quit looking at people as problems and start looking at the solution that everyone needs is Jesus Christ. And so that is my story right there. It is one of redemption of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And Beth, then we get to watch that story come true every day around Canica Clam. Uh, I do. I'm really excited to introduce our other guests to you today. Uh, and speaking of overcoming fatherlessness, uh, I'd like to introduce you to our second guest, Nathan Brown. Nathan is from Hot Springs, Arkansas, and has a dear mom named Kelly and a lovely sister named Savannah. Um, Nathan's dad, Adam Brown, was a SEAL Team 6 member who gave up his life in a heroic moment in Afghanistan during our post-9-11 war against terrorism. Nathan, I'm thankful and humbled that you have agreed to be on our show today. It's great to be here. Thank you for asking me, Joe. Well, Nathan, I've gotten to hear just bits and pieces of your story. I know there's been a book written that is a New York Times bestseller, and there's also a, a well-known filmmaker who's making a movie about the story of your family right now. But if you'd be willing, I'd love for you to take us back to that time as a 10-year-old boy where you received the tragic news um, of your dad and just what that was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we grew up, you know, it was the best childhood I could have grown up in. Uh, me and my dad were really close. We'd we'd go and work out together. We'd play chess together. We'd go do everything together, read the word together. He was my football coach, my basketball coach, my baseball coach. It was awesome, you know. And um, we grew up in Virginia Beach. On that, he was always gone. Yeah, he was always deployed. I never really knew what exactly he did because I was so young. But uh, it was funny. We always He told me we're like the Incredibles. We can't tell anybody what what dad does but um he's a superhero so i always he was my biggest hero i thought he was the coolest guy on that day he was he was deployed in afghanistan and i woke up it was march 17th uh saint patrick's day and i woke up just feeling so so weird and um like alone and went to school you know it was a fine day at school and um i come back home go to sleep everything's fine and i'm still feeling this really weird feeling and I just feel just this loneliness that I had never felt before that and then around three in the morning um I hear a knock on our door it's my dad's best buddies they're all dressed up in their their navy blues and every everything I just hear my mom sobbing and I, I run out of my room and I see everybody at the front door I mean instantly I knew what happened and what I've been feeling that whole day was um it was true it came to be true they asked me to go back to my room, and I'm like, no, I, I see my mom on the floor crying and bawling her, bawling her eyes out, and uh, you just want to help your mom. My mom told me that dad had gone and seen Jesus that night. It was really hard. I mean, it was terrible, and um, I struggled so much with the why. Like, why does God do something like that? There has to be a reason, but there doesn't seem to be any good reason. If there's no good reason, is God even real? It was uh, really hard first couple months, you know, and his um, SEAL team, they kind of became like my father and all, like all 20 of them, they would be, I'd go spend the night with them. They'd come in my football games, you know, we'd, we'd talk about my dad and they were there for me. It was the biggest family community that you can be a part of. We decided to move to Arkansas that year 
um, to be closer to my family, my grandparents and my aunts and uncles. So I started uh, school in fifth grade at uh, Lake Hamilton, the same school that my dad went to. The school community did a great job honoring him. They made the, the main road named Adam Brown Road, and there was a patch on the football field that the players ran out of. And I loved that because um, me and my dad would talk about playing as a Lake Hamilton Wolf on Friday nights all the time when we were, when I was younger. I still felt that loneliness, loneliness that I felt that day. And I was still I was so angry and just so confused on why still. That same year, all of his his team was killed in a Chinook helicopter crash. And I, it felt like I lost my father all over again because I'm losing these guys that have helped me um, after my father died. And I know all their kids and their whole family. And it's there were 17 people on that on that helicopter crash. And then after that, I really stopped believing in God because um, why would he do something like that? Again, I grew up really angry at the world. I didn't necessarily show it outside. I wanted, you know, I poured everything in school because it was a good distraction in sports. You know, I just grew up not believing in any of that. And um, it was really hard. They started writing a book. And I was like, this, that's ridiculous. Why, why do they want to talk about us? You know, we're, uh, we're just some little family, you know, we're not special. And um, they write this book and I see all these lives that are being changed. I see the countless mail and people coming and telling us how my dad changed their life. I'm starting to realize again, there is a purpose for what God's doing. And we might not know it, but uh, you're starting to see it to come to fruition. You see all these lives change and, you know, it made it a whole lot better to be able to understand what God was doing is to save people and use my dad as an example. It wasn't easy growing up. It was definitely, it was definitely God's will. Nathan, um, you know, I just all the always find a, a lump that I, you know just starts climbing up in my throat, and you know tears start swelling up in my eyes when I hear uh, the story about your daddy and the effect it had on you and Savannah and Kelly. Uh, but but you know it's been a blessing for me to have been able to watch you uh, literally grow up at camp, and and then I've been blessed to be able to get through Bible studies with you over the last nine years. But one thing I've always admired about you, Nathan, is how patient and how kind you've always been. You're a dearly loved young man uh, by so many people. Can you tell our listeners, uh, many of whom in similar ways are going through things like you and Keith have gone through with an absentee dad or, or a, a hurtful dad, how have you overcome fatherlessness? And where do you get your courage and your admirable character? Oh, that's, a, that's a loaded question. I don't think anybody ever fully overcomes fatherlessness. I believe it's a it's something you're going to deal with the rest of your life because there's major moments in your life that you want your father to be there. My dad wrote me a letter in case the worst thing happened, which is if he, if he died and I got to read it. He explained in the letter how he'll always be there. Every, um, every good grade I make, every good play I make on the football field, every failure I have, every tear I have, throughout my life he'll always be there that's something I've always held on to because it is something that people say time heals but when it comes to a, losing a parent or a father in this case it's always going to be there because you're going to have bumps and bruises or you're going to have success and you want them to be there for it and they're not and uh, it's hard you know I went to a, a church camp with my buddy one year I was still angry I was still I was probably in eighth grade I'm seeing the fruit of my dad's passing and seeing 
all these great things that are happening with this book and his story being told, but I'm still feeling hurt. I'm still feeling sad and lonely. I reluctantly go to this camp. It was just for the weekend. It was just a little getaway in the summer. The sermon that night was being a father to the fatherless and how God's always there for you. He's there for every, every fall, every mistake, every tear, every success, every joy, our times of joy, every laughter. It was, it changed my life. I no, I no longer felt alone. There's someone there with you at all times, and it's your heavenly Father. That that makes it a lot better to to overcome. And so, Keith, you're so good with young people, and you're also really great at communicating with adults. Can you take Nathan's thought just for a minute and and talk to our listeners, young men, young women, and maybe some grown men and women that still have a void in their heart that their daddy just was not able to fill. You know, Joe, that's such a great question. And, and Nathan, thank you so much for your story. And, and so there's so many of us in the world that just have, we're fatherless for different reasons. And and my reason was one that my dad chose a lifestyle that would be very devastating. Nathan's was different. Uh, his, his life was taken. The greatest thing I hear of Nathan's story is that his father knew Christ and he invested into his son the values of Christ. And it took a little while for Nathan to understand that because at first he was, you know, looking down the barrel of, a, of, of the most painful thing in his life. That's what I was doing. My dad had hurt me. And, and when he abandoned me, I was so mad. And it was affecting everything in my life. It was affecting me as a kid because uh, I wanted to prove myself. I wanted out of my environment. I wanted to prove to my dad that he was wrong to leave. I wanted to prove to everybody that I was better than that. And, and so in that process, I was failing miserably because I was trying so hard to prove something that I, had no, I, I didn't know who I really was as a young man. And the day that I came to Christ, it changed everything because I understood that there was a loving God who loved me and that bad things do happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. But the same God that created the heavens and the earth was there for all. And I, at that moment that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, the first thing I began to do is ask God to let my dad come to the saving grace of Jesus also. And that was not easy because I hated my dad with such a hatred. But all of a sudden, God just began to give me this peace. He said, Chancey, I forgave you. Now forgive him. And Joe, when I did that, it was life changing and, and, and life giving because now I began to pray, God, send my dad back home. Well, it took about 40 years. And when my dad called one day on the phone out of nowhere, he says, Keith, and just that word, I hadn't heard from my dad in 40 years. I said, Dad. And he goes, can I come home? And I said, I would love for you to come home. And that day, I just began to be so excited, told my wife I'm now married with kids. I began to tell them about their grandpa. I began to tell them about what was about to happen and that we wanted grandpa to come to Jesus. And we began to pray for that. And when my dad came home, I thought... When my dad gets off the plane, I can't wait to see him. I bet he's dressed in a nice suit. I bet he's going to be have lived a great lifestyle. And I found out that my dad was very, very sick. He had COPD. He was hooked up on oxygen, in a wheelchair, dirty. My dad had been a street-walking bum. And that day when my dad came off that plane, I've never loved that smell so much 
as the stench that he smelt and the grease in his hair and those tubes up his nose. And I hugged him because this was my daddy. And my daddy had come home. And I'm going to tell you something. I bawled like a baby. We all bawled. And it was awesome because, see, this is what my father had given to me, Christ. And, and when I understood who Christ was, it made a big difference to me because at that point, I could forgive my dad. And my dad, about four or five days later, came to Jesus Christ. And he gave his life unto the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. There have been no regrets in my life. If I had it to do over again, hey, everything I went through taught me how to be a man. My dad was never a part of that, but he was because he's one that birthed me. And I'm so thankful for a daddy that I call D.C. Chancy because he had a great impact in my life and I had the greatest mom in the world. But the greatest thing I had was Jesus. And he helped me to understand forgiving my dad was the greatest thing I could do. It freed me. And for this life, like Beth Ann, you said at the beginning, you know, the joy that God gave to me I can, is unexpressible because of what God has done. The joy I have is Christ. Yeah, I went through pain, but nothing I couldn't go through because of the greatest Savior in the world that went through it every single day with me. And then he reunited with my father. What a great story that God gave to me to give to others. So forgiveness is a key thing. It's unbelievable. I cry as I say it. Yeah, I'm old now. I'm 66 years old. But as I share this story, I share the story of one of Christ giving victory to me from the bondage that Satan tried to hold from me of the gift of forgiving my dad and giving my dad a second chance in my life. And boy, am I ever thankful that I did because it, it blessed my, my children knew their grandpa in a way they could have never have known him. They knew him as grandpa gave his life to Jesus in our home because our home was open because of forgiveness. So good. It just reminds me of God's grace mm. and, and the hope. Like you're never too far gone. Yeah. There's not a pit so deep that you're in that God's grace and love and forgiveness, you know, isn't deeper. So thanks for sharing your story. Uh, Nathan, you know, you've gotten to experience walking with God in a really intimate, close way because of what you've journeyed through in your story. How would you encourage, you know, a listener out there who also finds themselves just fatherless in this season of life? What would you want to say to them today? I'd like to say you're never alone. I've struggled with that, the depression, the anger, the confusion, and the loneliness. I always like to imagine whenever I, whenever I am feeling that way, that God's across the, across the room just sitting there with me. I know it's hard starting out whenever you're wanting God to become your father, your heavenly father, and just take it step by step, day by day. If it's just starting to talk to him while you're driving and you just want to tell them about your day. And just like you would tell your dad, um, do that. If you want to open your your Bible up and start reading just a few pages a day, maybe a few verses, just do that because you want to talk to your dad. It's uh, it's the most rewarding relationship I have. I don't know where else I'd be if it weren't for it. Like I said, you're never alone, whether it's the girl without a dad that's walking down the aisle without her dad. God's there for you. Whether it's the guy that just made all A's, you know, God, God's there with you. Whether you're hitting home runs or making game-winning plays on the field, God's with you. You don't have to look up in the stands for, for the dad that's not there. God's right there for you. And um, Or for the kids that are facing disappointment, you know. 
kid that had failed failed out of school, the kid that you know has gotten in trouble. You don't have to worry. He's 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 there with you, and he's still supporting you, and he he will always support you. So Beth Ann, living proof across the table from us that God is, as Psalms sixty eight five says, the Father to the fatherless. I hope our podcast has been as big of a blessing to you as it has to me. Thank you so much for joining us today. Keith, would you close us in prayer today, please? I'd love to, Joe. Lord Jesus, I thank you for being such a great God that you are with us always and that you meet us in our loneliness, in our anxieties, our fears, our doubts, our depression. You are there. And God, we thank you that you have always been there and that for those of us that are out there in the world today that are feeling this feeling of loneliness and rejection. God, I pray that you'd meet everyone right where they're at today with just such a hug of God's feeling, of God's joy, of his happiness and his salvific touch on your life to give you eternal security. So God, we thank you for that today, that our father could be our father, our father in heaven. And that as we get the privilege to have a father on this earth, may we make it count. We love you so much, and we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for the ability to see you as our great God and Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Oh, 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 oh